I don't want the depth of this day to be lost on any of us. You don't have to raise your hands, um, but who here has ever sinned in any way, shape, or form? Who here, who, who in this room has ever done anything against God or man? Any evil whatsoever, any wrongdoing, held any wickedness in our hearts, hatred toward somebody else, which the Christ says is equivalent to murder, lusted after somebody, which the Christ says is equivalent to adultery, in anger said words against somebody, called them a fool, lusted, desired somebody or something that is not yours. This Friday is a dark day. This Friday is the day that our sins are judged by God. That God that C.H. Spurgeon called the Dread Supreme for he is indeed a God to be dreaded, a God to be feared. He is a sovereign God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And we are the ones who have fallen short of his grace, short of his glory, his greatness. It's on this day that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, hangs upon a cross. From about noon until 3 p.m., there's darkness over all the land as the sun refuses to shine. And it stayed dark until that moment that Jesus cries out and he says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Son of God, eternally with the Father, from eternity past, forsaken by that Father. Having lived a perfect life, having done absolutely nothing wrong, holy and without sin, Without blemish, undeservedly, this man hangs by nails driven through his hands and his feet, gasping for breath in our place. Jesus is the Passover lamb, killed and consumed that our sins could be passed over paying the price so that we, the ones who have sinned, the ones who have held wickedness in our hearts, the ones who have done things wrong against God and man, so that we could live. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 13, we read about the first Passover. If you have your Bible with you and you'd like to turn there, Exodus chapter 12. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. 
Starting at verse 1 of Exodus 12, it says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on this tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The reading of God's word. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Verses 1 through 6 describe to us a sacrifice. And it says it is to be a lamb, and only a lamb. It can be nothing else. For many of the Old Testament sacrifices, we find that there could be substitutes, depending upon your, your household's financial bracket. If you can't afford the lamb, then you can do this or that. In Leviticus, Leviticus 5, we find that for the regular sin offerings, you must bring a lamb to sacrifice. But if you can't afford that, then two turtle doves or two pigeons would do. And if you can't afford that, then a tenth of an ephah of flour would do. But not for this. Not this time. It had to be a lamb. Verse 3, it says, Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb According to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Neighbors are called upon for the help of other neighbors to help provide for one another to partake in this very sacrifice that had to be a lamb in order that everyone would be provided for with a lamb. 
because nothing else would do. And as God is holy and perfect, so the lamb that they were to sacrifice was to be without blemish, without sin, without stain or fault. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, but it must be without blemish. God wrote of this Passover for Israel to remind all of us that there is only one way for sinful men to be reconciled to our perfect and holy creator. A lamb and only a lamb. The wages of sin is death and we can either pay that price ourselves in a state of eternal hell, eternally separated from God and anything that is good. Or we can receive the sacrifice of the Lamb of God on our behalf by faith in Him. This, this kind of talk is gruesome. It, it is horrific and it should be. The, the blood, the death, the sacrifice that must take place. But such is our sin before a perfect and holy God. It is gruesome. It is horrific. It is terrible. As horrific as a mass shooting the taking of innocent life, as horrific as an abortion clinic that is set up as, as planned families, takes the lives of innocent children, as horrific as a husband or a wife stepping out on their family, leaving children in their wake. This is the horrificness of our sin, the depth, the weight of it before God. And I don't think we can even begin to taste that. Even on a night such as this, when we try our best to remember and recall. Why blood? Why should there have to be this sacrifice? Because from the beginning, God defined the punishment for our sin when he said to Adam, the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. That is the punishment for sin. That is the price, death, bloodshed. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life a life for life Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 reminds us that indeed under the law almost everything is purified with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. In our passage of Exodus chapter 12, verses 7 through 13, it, reminds us, it tells us that the blood is a sign. 
Verse 7, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. Anything that remains until morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. All the firstborn in the land of Egypt, be they Israelite or Egyptian, man or beast. And on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will befall you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, when, when the people accept what God says, what God has told them, when they take his word by faith and they act upon it, and they spread that blood on the doorposts and on the lintel, and they eat that flesh as God prescribed for them to do it, then the judgment has been atoned for and the wrath has been propitiated and those people would be passed over. God would recognize them as those who by faith have done exactly what he told them to do. Those people would be passed over. God has provided this sacrifice this Passover for us in Jesus Christ. It had to be a lamb. Nothing else would do. As John the Baptist declared when he saw Jesus coming to him and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as Jesus himself stated in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. This is the way of God, not the way of man. He provided for absolutely everyone, without exclusion, and yet we must come to him his way, for he is God, and we are not. And the lamb had to be without blemish, perfect, clean and pure. Peter tells us regarding our salvation in Jesus Christ, he says, no, oops, didn't mean for that slide to happen. You can hang up that phone anytime you want. Peter tells us in, in his one of his letters, he says, Know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. 
See, when we accept this sacrifice, this precious blood shed on our behalf, when we accept by faith Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we too are passed over. The Lord reckons that blood to us as He sees it, covering our sins. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9, reminds us that we were all dead, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. just like the first Passover. Neighbors are called upon neighbors to help provide for one another to take part in this sacrifice. And I want us as a church body to be thinking on this. If we know there's only one way, it has to be a lamb. There's no coexist. There's no religion that can get them there. Got to be the Lamb of God. Have you brought your neighbor into your Passover? Have you spoken the gospel into your sphere of influenced lives, into your soil, that they too might be passed over? Do they know the debt of their sins against a holy and perfect God? He hates your sin, but you he loves. He wants you to know him and to love him and to be loved by him. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 tells us that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Have you understood that the wages of our sin before God is death? that those sins, no matter how small we might think they are, stand as a barrier between ourselves and God? Do you acknowledge that the Son of God came to die in your place at the cross? Do you want salvation from that? To be spiritually reborn and reconciled into a relationship with your Creator. Do you want that? Do you understand that Jesus is the only person who can fill that God-shaped hole, that emptiness we have in our hearts? 
that we try to fill with all the things of the world, those new toys, that boat, that car, whatever, that new job, whatever it might be, and we never quite find satisfaction. Come to Jesus tonight. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept your death on the cross for me. Thank you for nailing my list of sins to the cross so that I will never have to bear those sins before my holy and perfect creator. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I want you to change my heart and my mind to make me new that I might walk with you the rest of my life and into eternal life. Father, we pray if there's anyone here who needs to know you, that that would be the cry of their heart tonight, that you would move that within them by your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, for those of us who know you, who are saved, who have accepted this, Father God, we pray that you would move us to draw others into our Passover, that they too would know. And Lord, by your Spirit, you would change hearts and change lives through us. Use us as tools in your hand. We praise you, Father, for a night like tonight where we are reminded of the depth of our what we owe and what was paid for on our behalf. This is indeed a good and a terrible Friday. We praise you, Lord, for this time of worship. In Jesus' precious name, amen.